when all that you see are actors on your television singing our key. What savvy, well-versed heroes can settle the score? Once more with TV. Welcome, MDs and MFAs, to Once More with TV, a podcast celebrating TV musical episodes from the sublime to the subprime. And definitively ranking them using every theater child's worst nightmare, math. I'm your co-host, Liza Trucial, she, her, and I am a wicked apologist. And I'm your co-host, Alex Kovnatsky, he, him, and the good doctor looks like my dad. (laughs) (laughs) It's real. It looks like like a young Clemens Kovnatsky. Wow. Wow. You have a Freddie Highmore dad. I didn't know this about you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, this week we watched Manacle TV, so we feel qualified to be doctors now. Yeah, we did it. That's that's what you have to do, right? <laughs> that's what I've heard, anyway. Uh, yeah, easy. we watched my musical, Scrubs, season six, episode six. Yeah, it was actually the 123rd episode, which is not super important, but sounded like a fun fact. It is a fun fact. Thank you for that. Um, so let's start with your relationship to the show. Yeah, okay. So uh, I loved Scrubs growing up. I watched a bunch of episodes. I downloaded this episode on iTunes as well as My Lunch, which I think at the time I thought was the most poignant episode of TV of all time. Which one's uh, My Lunch? Sorry. I honestly don't even remember. It's it's something <laughs> <laughs> It's something where somebody's having it's a surgery. It's not like the Brendan Fraser one. No, it's it? not. It's like one, I think okay. it's like Dr. Cox quits at the end of it and that's like a big deal. Uh, um, got it. And like, it's like JD has to like help Dr. Cox cope with stuff. Classic. Yeah. But I love Scrubs and this episode in particular, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it uh, more in, in when we talk about the songs, but shout out to one of my oldest and bestest friends, uh, Chris Hunter and I used to sing Guy Love constantly just everywhere we were so deep connection to this one yeah no i was a scrubs fan too i I watched it on syndication like when it Mm -hmm. was just on at like 10 and 10 30 p.m that Mm -hmm. always felt like when i was going to be watching scrubs so yeah i watched scrubs in syndication eventually i watched it streaming like in order uh Mm -hmm. when streaming was invented but yeah no i was a big fan of scrubs you know watching it back it doesn't always age super well. Yeah, <laughs> I started about that a little bit. I'm sure. <laughs> I started a but... rewatch pretty recently, and I'm on like season three or so, and a lot of stuff hasn't aged well. And like some stuff, yeah. kind of surprisingly, has. Um, you know, it's hmm. weird. There's like a moment I think in in one of the first episodes where JD turns to Turk and he's like, "Oh, so can I say the N word?" And Turk's like, "No, absolutely not." And JD's like, "Okay." And I was like, hey, you know what? That's probably a better way of addressing that than any other show did at this time. Yeah. I would like to show that particular moment to Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) he would have a good time with it. Well, I was going to say, speaking of time period, this episode came out in 2007. So, yeah, woof, right? Are we old? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say earlier, too, I remember watching it on syndication too and i feel like it was one of those shows that it was kind of like naughty for me to be watching you know i felt like i was getting away with something by watching this show mm. but uh yeah there are a lot of sex jokes there's a lot of, yeah i i get what you're saying i get what you're saying it felt a little adult at the mm-hmm. time and i think it was on comedy central and that felt like it was raunchy. it was on comedy central like late late at night um, there's a lot of fun facts about this episode that I want to share with you. Oh, delightful. I'm sure that's true. Let me ask you this first, Liza. Who do you think from the cast of Scrubs has musical theater experience? Um, or, you know, in this episode, I guess, who has musical theater experience? Oof. Um, like professional or just? Uh, let's go with professional first. Wow. Um, this is going to sound weird, but it, Dr. Kelso... <laughs> Yes, you're absolutely right. Did I get that right? (laughs) You're totally right. (laughs) Bill Lawrence, who created Scrubs, he's a huge musical head, and he said that he saw Dr. Kelso in Big River on Broadway. (laughs) God, I'm a fucking genius. Yeah. um, Nailed it. Yeah, that intro song that he gets, the kind of like welcome to Sacred Heart, 
he has a really staged like theater mm-hmm. older theater guy energy mm-hmm. that is like and he got he's got that you know kind of like talky singing voice that sort of happens to older actors but i was like this is someone who feels like i he knows what he's doing yeah like that he felt very intentional no you, you um, hit the nail on the head there um obviously uh most of the people in this cast are like pretty decent singers and some of them i think had like small theater backgrounds or like you know had done theater as kids or something like that but dr kelso was the only one i saw who had like actual broadway experience which is pretty funny that is fun yeah no everybody else like i mean jd has a line at the end where he's like he mentions he's gone to theater camp and Mm -hmm. that feels correct for a lot of the rest (laughs) of the cast just like and that's really common especially with like up and coming actors like you've done musical theater whether or not you were good at it different question (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you've done some type of like either in high school or at theater camp or regional theater like that is true of most actors Mm -hmm. uh coming up especially around this time when i feel like the only thing you were allowed to be was a triple threat Mm-hmm. Do you remember when that was like the thing? Yeah, you had like, to had to be a triple threat for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if you were um, only uh, good at two of the things, you were uh, you were nothing. Like, why? Why? Are you as someone who is a famous double threat, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ostracized in this time. <laughs> as like maybe a single or one point five threat, I feel you on that. I really do. Yeah. The rules are different for guys, though. I will say they are. They are. You can turn a one point five into a three real easy real easy girl can't dance so (laughs) (laughs) but choreo in this was fun actually choreo was fantastic um fantastic really enjoyed it i like counted so many box steps so many jazz hands so many so many box steps we got trenches we've got jazz hands we've got a kick line at one point we're doing like a bugs bugsby berksley kind of like crane shot with mm-hmm. like all of the like circular dancing and i'm like th- i'm delighted <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it's called when you have like one hand like this and the other hand outstretched and you're like i just running call it away. musical theater hands <laughs> i don't know it's kind of like that it's a ballet run to yeah me. that's like, what that's when you when you've bent one arm in front of you the other is extended as you run forward to me that's very <laughs> that's ballet acting mm-hmm. <laughs> that's always what i call that <laughs> I would be remiss to say though we'll we'll talk more about Corio, but I'd be remiss to say that um the the main character of this episode who's brought in for this episode is also a Broadway star, Stephanie Diabruzzo. Oh yeah, she was in Avenue Q. Is yeah, that right? Exactly. Named nailed it. Oh, um she's got a Tony knob. And she I think was also in Sesame Street as well too. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. A lot a lot of puppet experience. But she's fantastic. And um Speaking of Avenue Q as well, the music was done by kind of a whole team of people led by Deborah Fordham, who is, uh, you know, who's just uh, a writer of, for the show, right? One of the maiden yeah, writers for the show, writer. yeah. Okay. Um, but they I feel like brought... I've seen that name just like a bunch of times on the like written by credit. So yeah. The cool thing is, is that they usually have a writer's room for episodes like this, but she basically wrote the whole episode and doesn't really have any experience writing musical theater lyrics or anything like that. And was just like, yeah, I love musical theater. I want to do this. But uh, they brought on uh, Marks and Lopez from Avenue Q, like the the creators of Avenue Q and Frozen and Book of Mormon and all that. You mean like EGOT Lopez? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. Like a guy who's won an EGOT wrote some of these songs. Exactly. Exactly. That is buck wild. No, oh that, my God. Fun. That couple is is insanely talented. And I think this was even, I mean, it was certainly before Frozen, but I think it was even before Book of Mormon. I think they only had Avenue Q at the time. So I think oh, they were wow. still kind of up and coming. Wow. Yeah. That's so fun. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> also on that music team that's fun uh jan stevens should mention is on that team who does the music supervision for scrubs but also paul perry who is the bass singer in that quartet of oh uh, like, like ted's Ted barbershop quartet delightful yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wrote like a bunch of the songs it's very fun that's so cute i love that i love a good team effort Um, It makes it feel like a labor of love. I think that's something that uh, really like comes across in this episode. That's good for me. It's like 
everybody feels really excited that this is happening. I'm sure it was an exhausting process for a show that is not built to do this. Mm -hmm. But everybody does seem like this is the thing we really wanted to do this whole time. Like Mm -hmm. everybody seems quite thrilled by it. Yeah, it really is is an act of love. And I, I think Bill Lawrence wanted to do a musical episode for a really long time. Was obviously inspired by Buffy as well, too. Um, and well, yeah, I, you've got the open "Why Are We Singing" song, like, exactly. That's sort of the thing that Buffy invented, and that was the thing he wanted to like justify having a reason to do a musical episode. And I think the justification's good as any. I think it fits it Scrubs's world pretty well, even though it's a little bit silly. I mean, it's a little silly, but it's happened. I yeah. mean, it's slightly better than when Grey's Anatomy does it. Works a little <laughs> bit better. It's essentially the same explanation, which it is, is. Mm, brains shrug. <laughs> I will say it's also, there's a fun, um, you know about Mary Steenburgen, right? Have I told you the story? No, I don't think so. Tell me. Um, So Mary Steenburgen's an actress, like, mostly well known for playing um, loving maternal figures. So I don't know, like, in The Proposal, that's always the first thing I think of. She's Ryan Reynolds' mom, and she's like the mom and elf. Like, Mm -hmm. she's a character actress. She's totally lovely. Um, She had she went under first surgery i believe on like her arm or something it was not a brain related surgery and when she came out of anesthesia she was hearing music all the time whoa and therefore has been for the last several years and it was driving her sort of insane as you can imagine because she was not Mm -hmm. musically trained in like any way before this so she went and she like learned music theory and she learned how to play several instruments and she now composes music because she Whoa, hears it that's all the time. Sick. She was like shortlisted um, for an Oscar for best original song a couple years ago. What? For what song? Um, Glasgow, No Place Like Home from the movie Wild Rose, which starred Jesse Buckley. Whoa. Um, yeah. That's so random. It's like, isn't it crazy? It's one of my favorite like weird Hollywood stories. <laughs> that's so cool. Well, okay. I guess it means that this isn't silly after all. This is totally possible. Yeah, this is actually super real. (laughs) We should treat it as such. This is is medically relevant. That's crazy. I have one last fun fact for you that is like very tailored for you specifically, Liza. I love that. This episode got five Emmy nominations and one win. One of the things that it was nominated for was original music and lyrics. It was nominated twice, once for Guy Love and once for Everything Comes Down to Poo. Two bangers. What song do you think it lost to? 2007. Oh, my God. So, wait. They both lost mm-hmm. to something else in 2007. You know when, like, your brain is screaming at you and it's actually <laughs> just so loud? It feels like there's just a mob and I can't pick out any individual sounds from it. <laughs> I'll give you a hint that it is the combination of a... Uh, a pop star and a comedian. Combination of a pop star and a comedian? Mm-hmm. I'm just kicking myself. Um, <laughs> I'm like you... preemptively kicking myself. Okay, another hint. Another uh, hint, sir. The, the word sir. pop star is a big hint. <laughs> the word pops. Oh, is it? Um, oh, my God. It was there and then it left. <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I saw I saw an answer enter your head and then leave just as quickly. And then, oh my god, it was there for a fleeting moment. I could taste it. You're just gonna have to tell me. What it's was for it? Dick in the Box. Oh my! <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh my god. Which I, I was like upset that they didn't again, win yeah. until I I looked it up and saw it's who won Dick and I was like, box. oh, Dick in the Box. Yeah. That's that's correct. I mean, it's it's extremely correct. Yeah. It's iconic. It's iconic. <laughs> unfortunately that's a tough thing to go up against in the original song category but yeah let's 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 get into the actual episode so we we open with the i mean we open with a bunch of other stuff that happens before the music jd and elliot talking carla and turk talking but i want to get to the music that welcome to sacred heart opening number is so good it's It's so so fun it's really very like hello dolly very like Mm -hmm. 42nd street like old school old school it's great that you mentioned that they were inspired by lullaby broadway 42nd street and be our guest those were like the two big oh be our guest is such a good yep you can see that yeah you can see that 
I, I really love that at the very beginning, I think this is even before they're at Sacred Heart when she's like on the floor and they start singing to her, like how many fingers am I holding up? I love that they have like a little guitar riff that's happening that sounds exactly the same as like the guitar riffs generally in the background of the show. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just a really nice touch. It's sort uh, of diegetic for like a second there. Exactly. We're sort a, of like we're still in the world of the show and we're transitioning quite seamlessly into now we're all singing. Exactly. Which is very fun. <laughs> They're like opening the doors of the uh, ambulance and then the music just starts <laughs> like that. It's, it's incredible. It gave me chills. Yeah, it's so fun. It's so fun. They also stick, I will say, like in their rule that this is the only woman hearing music, they stick quite literally yeah. to that. Like if she is not in the room, we are speaking. <laughs> But yeah, as there's, soon as she enters the room, everybody is singing, which is right, so there's, fun. Right, there's a great moment. I, I don't remember what song it was in, but Carla and Elliot are singing about something, and she's being wheeled onto the screen, and then she's wheeled through a door, and the door closes, and they start talking. It was like seamless transition <laughs> between that. I love it. I, I think they established the rules really well and stuck to it. Yeah, it's quite fun. It's quite fun. I love a very clear world-building rule. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I think this opening number you mentioned before the crane shots and everything and the choreography. I think this one has probably the most choreography, but um, they it do. Does, yeah, they do have choreography pretty consistently throughout the whole episode. I'm I'm curious what your thoughts were on the choreography overall in in this one song. In this one song, I mean, like obviously this is the most extensive like dance cast. Like this is also just the largest number of people we have for any song mm -hmm. uh, by far, because for the rest of the show, we're really limited to the like hallways mm -hmm. of sacred heart. That is where most of the drama happens on this program mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. is in hallways. So uh, yeah, we have like so much space in the parking lot. Uh, so we have so many more dancers. I, I don't know. I was delighted by the choreo. It's really simple, but it feels really mm -hmm. accessible to everybody mm -hmm. in the cast. I also just, I love that our main cast is doing it. Yeah. Like everybody who is top build has to do that dumb little jazz square and those exactly. like <laughs> big musical theater hands and like all of that stuff, which is delightful. I mean, I just love when everybody gets involved. It feels so communal. And, and nobody's half way. doing it, too. Everybody's Oh, everybody's fully all committing. in. Fully committing. Even when they're that. kind of wrong, which is, like, great. Because also, like, you know, she's created a world where she makes everybody, like, sing and dance. But that doesn't mean that any of them are dancers, which I kind <laughs> of love. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I really to your credit I love the point that everybody dances every every person who's even a side character on the show shows up to sing at some point I think that's really nice I think they did it in such a great way and it like it feels very theater campy where you have totally. to make sure like everybody has a part and like something to do there are no small roles like this feels <laughs> very theater camp to it really me. does it really does they don't skip a beat we go straight into the second number everything comes down poo fantastic song. song what a fun song especially the bit where they're like i sprained my ankle check the poo like that <laughs> bit really gets to me the check the poo feels... bit was really good yeah I, it just it's such a real thing i feel like when you're going into like if you've been into the doctor recently i mean who can afford that mm -hmm. but <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> it does feel like a very real thing where like sometimes they're asking for a stool sample and you're like is that relevant in yeah. any way shape or form like how on earth does that have any it felt like it was coming from a real lived experience a real place totally no yeah. the writers definitely mentioned that that it came from a place of like uh, i feel like every time i go to the hospital they're asking for a stool sample and it does not seem necessary at all it's also because it's such it's such a thing that sticks out i'm sure doctors don't really think about it that much but as a patient it sticks out to you so much because that's so weird like catching totally. your poo in a cup like what the fuck <laughs> like it's so uncomfortable it's so odd it's something that sticks with you forever even if the doctor just passes it on exactly they had to change the lyrics a bunch of times, apparently, because they were, like, trying to find the happy medium between, like, oh, that sounds too tame or that sounds too vulgar. Sure. I mean, you got to find a lot of synonyms for poo in this. Yeah. One of the synonyms they had to nix was turtle head. <laughs> I'm glad they did, actually. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't and like they, that. They had a lyric originally that was, it may sound gross, it may sound crass, but we need to see what comes out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> they had to change it to tush or something change the whole rhyme yeah yeah but it's great 
It's also, you know, this is fun hallway choreo. This is where we get our kick line. Yes. We get some trenches in here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's quite a fun little number. And even in the small moments when, like, Turk is, like, getting behind the wheelchair and then just popping his head out and, like, you know, the little choreo movements are so nice. It's just, it's so tasteful. Again, everybody's committed in every second, which is always what you're, like, trying to get your theater camp kids to do is Mm -hmm. just sell it. Even if you don't know the step, I need you to be locked in, you know? Mm -hmm. And everybody's really locked in on these. Yeah. And it should be mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned it before the previous song, but it happens with this and all the other songs too. The orchestration is just so fantastic. You have these like really kind of like lilting strings at times that feels very old timey and then like some good horn sections too. I think it's just so nice. We've got a pit orchestra in. That's what it feels like. We've got the pit (laughs) queuing up. It's just fun. Yeah. Um, The next song is Gonna Miss You, Carla. One fun fact about this, or I guess not as fun, the actress who plays Carla had fractured her pelvis before the filming of this episode. Oh my god. Is yeah. that why she's in the fucking chair? That's I why mean, she's that in the was fucking my chair note. the whole time. Okay. Wait, wait, then what about the tango number? That she they had to film that like two months later. Oh. Yeah. They filmed it like post everything. Oh, But everything okay. else, like, even when you see her, like, walking, she's kind of, like, in pain, and you can kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, like, she's really not very mobile for, like, most of this episode, and I was kind of curious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it is very odd that she's sitting in a chair this entire song, and everybody's kind of singing around her. Yeah. It's a very odd thing. Also, because the chair is placed in a... I get why it's put there, but it's not where it normally is on the set. Yeah, Like, totally. it's been moved. Yeah. It's just a very odd thing. And I think at one point they were trying to say something about, oh, it's post, you know, giving birth or something like that for her. But it, I don't think they really committed to that. You know how women have to sit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but she sounds great. I mean, as far as there's there's a big question at the end of the episode of like, who's the best singer? Um, and I think there's a really fair shout for Carla. I think Carla's quite She's fantastic. got this kind of jazzy, like, brassy kind of tone that's mm-hmm. that's nice to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of a, a jazzy, upbeat number. Yeah, totally. And there's, like, the, the barbershop quartet guys. The barbershop, Laverne's there. I wish we used Laverne more. I think that is yeah. my one of my notes for this episode. I, I feel like... She has like two lines of a solo that really work, and then she doesn't get any more time, which feels rude. Totally. This this song felt like the let's get all of the side characters. I think Doug was in there too, and then Ted yeah, and the quartet. Yeah, Doug falls over at one point. Yeah. So I, I think it's one of those things where they you know, had a select number of songs, and they wanted to make sure the main characters had them or whatever. But I agree. I, I, we could have used Laverne a lot more. She sounded fantastic. Yeah, she sounded great. And I also want to shout out, Turk has that little fun high note that happens. And I was like, oh, great. He's so good at this. He also might be the best singer in this whole episode. But then Ted does the same exact thing. And he also does a great job. And I was like, hey, everybody's doing great. Ted is great. great. (laughs) I mean, you know, Ted and the Barbershop are there the whole series. They're very solid vocally. They're quite fun to listen to. We utilize Ted musically a few, like many times throughout the series. We know he's good. Yeah, absolutely. and like I said, the bassist of that group wrote some of these songs. I think he wrote very that fun. song. That makes sense. It's got a very like kind of snappy doo wop kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Their, uh, their quartet name, I think, changes a bunch of times. But on Wikipedia, at least, it's listed as the Worthless Peons, which I think is great. Just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> From there, we get the rant song, Dr. Cox's little... Uh, oh, the patter. The exactly. The patter number. The pattern yeah, number. Got a got a modern major general over here. That is exactly yeah. Wow, you are nailing these. That is exactly I'm the inspiration. Fire. <laughs> I was in Pirates of. Oh, Penzance. that's so funny. Um, very. Yep. Wow. Um, not my vocal range. I'll tell you that. Every woman in that is a soprano, and it sucks. Um, but, yeah, I barely uh, know yeah. that show. I mean, hey, if you've been in that show, the thing is, is you've rehearsed that song, Modern Major General. Mm -hmm. Um, I've spent hours of my life, Mm -hmm. hours and hours of my life listening to a young man try to get through that song. (laughs) So (laughs) it's unfortunately like burned in my brain. And so whenever there's a patter song, 
that just lights up. There's a whole part of my cortex that just goes nuts. <laughs> it's like so. The the fun thing about this song as well too is that uh, the the main character who has you know who's who's imagining all of these people singing. Her name is Patty, and it's partly because she has quote a Patty Lapone moment when she sings at the end of this song. Uh, which is incredible <laughs> yeah when she comes in on that belt that's so fun <laughs> it is a patty lapone moment mm-hmm. patty lapone invented that oh yeah um, yeah nobody had ever sung before patty lapone actually no <laughs> nobody had ever done that before patty <laughs> um, i love the janitor's little ballad moment as well too i love a good like solid here's our baritone <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. he's just gonna go in yeah I, I, and a guy. solo spot Let's just do like a, a, everything's da- a one key light for this man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a fun time. I love the janitor. Janitor's great. They, I mean, they have a good shout out to like the first episode where JD puts a penny in the door or yeah. something and stops it up. Um, it I don't remember. Their feud. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, exactly. yeah, I mean, like the janitor believes. I guess I, if I remember correctly, JD says it might be a penny stuck in the door That's because right. the front door isn't working. And so when it is a penny that's stuck in the door, the janitor believes that JD did that on purpose. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and... so, some some yeah. great lore. Some great Scrubs lore. Yeah, some Scrubs lore. <laughs> <laughs> then we get the act one closer. Um, I don't know if you know split into two acts is how they were doing it. It is. Yeah. I mean, that's what I wrote down is this feels very, do you hear the people sing? Exactly. And then they have like the counterpoint as well to trying to do like a one day more type of thing. It's, it's oh great. yeah totally totally oh no it is no it is one day more sorry that's I mean, no but it's it's that, also do you hear the people sing because i think they say the line hearing they the do. people I sing mean, or okay, something yes they do they but it's more of a lame is reference you're right in that it's one day more because it's doing the whole like well it's the close of act one mm-hmm. we're summarizing everything that's happened in act one everybody's going to do their own little like you know musical mm-hmm. whatever um, they're going to do their own little reprises of the songs they've had and something where they are. And we're going to tease what's coming up in the exactly. next act. Exactly. <laughs> and the janitor's carrying the mop like a flag. It's yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. And we've got like, yeah, we've got like a snare drum underneath mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. A good like march. Yeah. So yeah. we've got, we've got a full one day more scenario. On yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and they end with a curtain. They close the curtain on her. And yeah. so that's the curtain for act one. I actually I didn't notice fun. that. That is, wow, you're correct. <laughs> and what a better way to start act two than with, I mean, the, the breakout song from this. Breakout hit, yeah. The runaway love duet. It's so difficult because guy love is so homophobic, but it's such a banger. It's so Here's good. Here's the thing is I kind of wonder if like, it viewed in context, this is 2007, you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. in context, like, kind of what they're talking about, like, it's a little, it's uh, obviously there is a homophobic over slash undertone yeah. to this. But it's almost more that they're annoyed that everybody um, can't understand platonic love between men and yeah. that other people are projecting toxic masculinity onto them and turk has a little bit of it like he mm-hmm. is desperate not to be seen as gay mm-hmm. but there's mm-hmm. almost more of a frustration that they have to explain it that yeah. like i i see that and i think it's i still think it's probably good for the time period um for the time period i think it was like weirdly progressive totally actually. And there are yeah. way, way, way more homophobic things that happen throughout Scrubs than this song. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there are. I mean, we can kind of talk about it when we talk about General Five, but like sometimes Dr. Cox to me is the thing that doesn't age well mostly about this show. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't appreciate that it's like funny that he calls JD girl names because yeah. being a girl is an insult. Yeah. Like, and it happens okay. every episode, literally every, every episode. episode, all the time. Yeah, um, it kind of ruins the patter song for me because all it is is like, mm-hmm. you know, um, a bunch. Of, yeah, so there are a lot of jokes on this show that don't necessarily age too well. But yeah, I think for the time, this is a love unspecified. I I think for the time, they're trying sort of to talk about assumptions we make about male. Mm-hmm relationships and how we assume that in order for a man to love another man they must be gay they're a little too insistent that they're not gay i mean that's where it comes across as exactly weird. yeah 
but it is it is still funny and it's, it's so, so good funny. it's such a banger it's, i love a close harmony duet yeah. and like there for all the highs it's such a nice moment and their acting is is so good in it too like especially jd like straining to hit some notes and yeah i think i it's think it's really so fun funny. It's such a lesson in commitment being more important than being able to sing. Yes, in totally. These, especially on TV because we can see your face so clearly. Mm-hmm. So it's such a... When JD is doing stuff like that, when he's like straining to hit a note, it's comical. It's funny. You don't care that he doesn't maybe quite make it perfectly because why would he? He's a doctor. Totally. No, it feels <laughs> right? perfectly in character. I think I think mm-hmm. Zach Braff honestly does a great job throughout this whole oh, episode because great. his singing yeah. sounds exactly what I would expect JD to sing like, you know? Yeah. I love this little tidbit that like Fordham was having trouble writing the lyrics to this song. And uh, Perry, uh, who's the one in the bassist in, in the quartet, uh, came up with the hook it's guy love between two guys and she said it became so much easier writing the rest of the song galaxy after that. brain moment yeah it's i mean it's such a great lyric it's such a great lyric it's so like fun and dumb and simplistic and mm-hmm. you, it's really excellent guy love between two guys is like it's such a good song it's so good <laughs> I, I literally wrote no notes during this sequence because I was just delighted the whole time. I was like really thrown back. And I think it, it fits so well in the context of the episode two as like the starting of the second act of this. I, I love that song. I just love that it's our only love duet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I would argue that over the course of the series, the only love that I can really believe in maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> is Turk and JD. I mean, like I think... And I guess we'll get into literally right now because the next song is the Dominican one, the one where <laughs> yeah, these men are terrible partners. They're everybody horrible but each partners. other. They're horrible <laughs> partners <laughs> all the time, <laughs> except for each other. They are so supportive of each other, and they're horrific romantic partners. It's amazing. It's so true. I honestly, part of the reason why I haven't finished this rewatch or I've only stopped at like season three is because it becomes so insufferable to watch JD after a while. I like really oh can't God. follow him I mean, anymore. He just really, he's just really awful. And I didn't realize until the end of the episode when his monologue came back in how much I hadn't missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, this whole thing, this, t- this tango we get with Carla and mm-hmm. Turk is fun because Judy Reyes is great. Mm-hmm. And it's fun because Donald Faison is great. Mm-hmm. But sucks because he can't remember basic facts <laughs> about his wife that are yeah. like important to her identity. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, it's really fucked. It's treated so lightly. I'm just like, he knows nothing about... I was... I am made furious by this song. <laughs> this song has always infuriated me. It's... Yeah. I, I will say, it's such a good song, too, because it is so frustrating the whole time. Every every single thing Turk says in response is inane. And some of the lyrics are so insane the way they try to rhyme Dominican with things. Like, there's so much stuff happening at once. It's like a dumpster fire of a song in the most positive way possible. It's it's so good. It's very chaotic and it's infuriating. I, I um, love that the title of the song is For the Last Time I'm Dominican. That's a hilarious title <laughs> of a song. Well, it's like not the first time on the show that he has, like, wrongfully identified her ethnicity yeah like that happens that's like a running joke which again does not age like super well yeah no it's not also at just all. like from a basic standpoint again i'm just like wow what a thing for your husband to not know about you <laughs> yeah. um you're married he's met yeah. your whole family like, uh, yeah and doesn't remember that you have two sisters and doesn't know the middle name and all this kind of stuff your it's middle so name weird. or where you grew up like yeah. this is bad <laughs> But he knows Derek Jeter. (laughs) Yeah, that sucks. It's meant as a joke, but I was was more upset. I was angrier after he knew about Derek Jeter's battering average. Yeah. (laughs) Of all people, too. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I guess Uh, it's before we knew about Derek Jeter, though. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. This is still the pro-Derek Jeter era. Mm -hmm. What a horrible time to be. (laughs) What a horrible time to be a baseball fan. (laughs) Um, 
the last song is is two songs at once. It's Friends Forever and What's Going to Happen. It's We Go Together. <laughs> it's We Go Together. It really is. I love that the Ramalama Ding Dongs are just like medical shit. Like, just, it's yeah. so funny. It's like, honestly, for me, like when I was watching this, it's very, very close in timeline to like the first time I saw Grease. Mm-hmm. And so genuinely like i have trouble separating the lyrics from we go together from the lyrics from this song that's so like, I'll funny genuinely i'll get it mixed up i'll i'll think that like greece has a line about the tibia and the <laughs> <laughs> it's so good because it's so like overt and then it's like the classic scrubs moment of like let's just do a hard tonal shift right hard. now hard oh just, my like, god hard the pivots one. on this show yeah I should mention right into well, like too. a rent song. Exactly. I was gonna say we we should have mentioned that Tango Maureen is obviously Tango the, uh, Maureen. Yeah, the reference very obviously movie. the reference point. Yeah, this one is basically will I slash life support. You know, this is yeah. like a very much a rent song as well too. Which was having like a real moment mm-hmm. um, around this time. Like I feel like it. Do we know off the top of our heads when the Rent movie came out? I think honestly, oh seven sounds right to me. I think it sounds might even right. be earlier. I might. I, I think it might be oh six. Um, but yeah, 07 which would make a lot of right. sense for like. I I think influentially speaking, Rent was sort of having this moment. Rent was oh five. Rent was oh five. There you go. Rent was sort of having this big moment because we'd just done the movie with you know, Adina Menzel. Yeah, a lot of the Adam original Pascal cast. And, like. Yeah, and and so Rosario Dawson, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I feel like it was such a clear through line for so many musicals that were written right after. Mm-hmm. I mean, it hit me at the right moment. I will probably say this in one of our intros, but I am a Rent apologist for sure. Sure. Rent the movie and the musical. <laughs> to me, Rent is proof that if I die, I don't want my first drafts published. <laughs> <laughs> Great. mean thing to say <laughs> <But> <laughs> i love that that's your takeaway um it's a, it's a fantastic yeah. takeaway <laughs> yeah that's like when i'm sitting there thinking it's like wow i hope my legacy isn't stuff i hadn't revised yet mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> i think tick tick boom is stronger we can talk about that a different day whoa okay I do. that's I an do. interesting one yeah, i think it's um, interesting but anyway what's going to happen um i thought this song was pretty gorgeous the harmonies were really amazing and i thought it was like genuinely poignant um i like i really liked it yeah it's nice it's a nice little moment i was thinking the whole time that this is absolutely a lawsuit if she is not okay you know oh my god you cannot say can't say we promise you you're going to be okay we swear i was okay (laughs) yeah I, I that's genuinely what I was thinking of. It's like it's really reckless to promise that she's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. It's nice musically, but it's legally a nightmare. Yeah. Notably, Ted is not in that scene. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I mean, I just made that huh. up, but he's our lawyer. <laughs> yeah, he's our so lawyer. He would normally be the one freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> just like sweating so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, to answer the question from before that's asked at this point in the episode, mm. do you do you have a best singer? <sighs> it's such a good question. Um for me it's going to go either to Kelso or Turk. Yeah, I think that's right. Um yeah, I think Kelso's got that like I can see the music man, mm-hmm. you know? Like he's got that kind of music man style. So much um, control so much and it's quite theatrical and it's really engaging and and turk's got range mm-hmm. i mean he's got like a and it's there's something very like smooth and interesting about his voice and he mm-hmm. phrases really well yeah i think i think turk has to take it just because he does more too you know what i mean he does so much more i mean that's the thing i kind of i kind of wish kelso had had a little bit more to do mm-hmm. in some of our hallway scenes because he's usually just wandering nobody works in this hospital we all just walk around the halls <laughs> and bump into right. each other <laughs> um, but yeah yeah and as a nice little button i love that she hums welcome to sacred heart at the very end yeah. it's a nice little connect back to the beginning it's a perfect episode i loved it i thought it was great it's a very fun time. Well, I think we feel very strongly 
And I think mm-hmm. we need to score it. Let's score this sucker. Uh, general vibe. What are you thinking for this one here, Liza? This is enjoyment level. This is how well it's aged. Any problematic stuff? Is it a good episode overall? So this is kind of tough because I do think the vibe is really good. But again, I mean, we mentioned the problematic moments. I mean, like Guy Love has this um, homophobic element to it. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, Cox has his whole sexist bullshit going on. And then we've got, you know, Turk being a bad partner. It's a mm-hmm. joke. Mm-hmm. So I do think there are, I mean, you know, even if the vibe remains relatively fun, we do have to dock some points here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I think we have to, unfortunately. There are things that just have not aged well here. Yeah. In, in my head, each one of those things is a full point docked. Like I, th- sure. I'm thinking a seven or six, maybe. Um, yeah, let's go seven. Seven feels right because it, again, it's still fun. Like you're still having a good time. It's just like there are moments where it kind of disappears for a little while. Exactly, it's super fun. I think they hit the vibe of like we're gonna do a musical and we're all going to love it, you know, and really have fun with it. I think that well, the, that we is found so that the really. The really successful musical episodes, I think, like, as a rule, have an element of fun to them. I think that's, like, a level of acknowledgement, a level of tongue-in-cheek, a level of, okay, we're breaking our own form, we're doing a thing, let's just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think yeah, seven sounds right. Okay, cool. Next up, we have music. Um, obviously, it's original music that's already going to be great mm-hmm. for us, but we're thinking how it's arranged. The uh, different chords, melodies, all that kind of stuff. I think it's pretty darn strong. It's pretty strong. It's pretty strong. We've got like full orchestrations for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, like we said, some pretty hard hitting. We've got Marks and Lopez in, yeah. which is wild. Uh, not for all of the songs, but for a few. Mm-hmm. And I think we do a fun, we're doing a lot of sort of like pastiche references to other popular musicals and popular songs from those Mm -hmm. musicals so yeah i think this is gonna end up pretty high yeah i i think it's a 10 i I, the thing is i have no notes i don't have anything bad to say i don't really have any moments that i hated musically so yeah 10 it is um lyrics what do you think about lyrics um this is a bit of a tricky one i mean we've addressed that the lyrics were not written by a lyricist and they think for someone who's not a lyricist she did an incredible job Mm -hmm. i mean like i don't I think there's a it, there's a lot of fun. I think some of the songs have like really great lyrics, like Guy Love has mm-hmm. some really fantastic lyrics in it. I don't know. Some of them are sort of just not terribly remarkable. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the songs just um, I don't know. I just feel like the lyrics to uh, "We're Gonna Miss You, Carla" aren't interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes I don't feel very strongly about the lyrics in any kind of way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think. There's there should be something to be said about having the lyrics match up to songs we already know, like the Tango Maureen mm-hmm. bit, the like rant song, the the patter song, you know. I, I think there's a good job of making it reminiscent to other songs without, you know, making it solely the same exact rhyme scheme or structure of mm-hmm. other songs. So that's a credit I want to give there. There's a bunch of like near rhymes that are dumb, especially with all of the medical jargon and with the, the Dominican song. But Dominican I kind of one, love yeah. that. It kind of works for me. Yeah. They, well, in the Dominican one, they're kind of using it as a goof, like yeah. all of those slant rhymes. It feels like they're like very aware that this is a hard thing to rhyme with. So we're yeah. sort of um, doing some slant rhyming. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to be lower than the music score for mm-hmm. sure. I'm feeling a seven. Okay. I would have put six. it a little bit higher. I was thinking like an eight okay. or a nine, actually, because I think. You can do for... seven and a half if you want. Yeah, actually, I think seven and a half is probably solid. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking that I I didn't have anything that was like noticeably bad for me. It was like That's either yeah. not noticeable or it was good or funny, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, seven point five sounds great. Um, dancing, um, big category here. Big category. I mean, we really go for it. Mm-hmm. Um. The cast is not dancers. We've clearly hired like a group of core dancers that are in almost every shot, and they're mm-hmm. just nurses we've never seen before. Don't worry 100%. about it. Um, <laughs> but we also see everyone we have seen before too, exactly. like doing a little bit of it, which uh, I love about that. 
and it's not overly complicated, but I don't think it needed to be more complicated than it is. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that it was lacking. Yeah, mm-hmm. to me, this is a pretty high score. Yeah, I think it's pretty high as well, too. I was thinking like an eight or nine for this as well. Yeah, yeah. Let's go for let's go for an eight. Yeah, I think eight sounds eight. solid. There's definitely yeah, room for because we're not trying. We're also not trying anything totally interesting. We're yeah. doing, we're having fun. But we're not really. There aren't any big swings choreography wise. Exactly. I think the only big swing is just having a lot of people doing it and having everybody do totally. it. Totally. Which is totally fair. I mean, like that is something commendable for sure. But there's not much beyond that. Mm-hmm um performance vocal performance acting performance um this is gonna be pretty high i mean we kind of mentioned it already everybody feels really committed to Mm -hmm. everything that's going on and um we seem to be really aware of like the skills that our cast has Mm -hmm. and doesn't have and we're playing into everybody's pockets performance wise Mm -hmm. really um nobody feels too stretched Um, not at all i think even the people who seem the weakest maybe like maybe elliot and dr cox are probably like the weakest performers mm -hmm. it's not it's not a sore thumb i think they do a very passable job and you know let their acting do most of the work for them in a way that i think is is totally good totally fine yeah so this is pretty high for me this is gonna be like a nine yeah i think a nine sounds good um the writing what do we think about the writing? This one's an interesting one because when I think of this episode, it really goes number to number. Um, but I'm, I'm yeah, curious. Yeah, there's what your very thoughts. few spoken scenes. Mm-hmm. It's really just like you know little bits where that woman is in the room. So it's with like JD and uh, JD thinks he's going to be in with Elliot, mm-hmm. and then there's that scene at the top, the cold open with. Turk and Carla when they're talking about her going back to work. I mean, it's very simplistic writing. It's broad. It's mm-hmm. like a it's a sitcom. And it feels consistent with Scrubs episodes so far. You know, they yeah, usually have an ABC like, plot or something. Yeah, um, usually an ABC plot. We open with JD's monologue. We close mm-hmm. with JD's monologue. I mean, like writing wise, there's I don't think there's anything particularly interesting happening here. That's yeah. not the lyrics. And I think if there's um, any negative, I would say that we're having fun the whole time. And it seems like Patty, the main character, is having fun the whole time until the very end when she's like, oh, no. But that also yeah. feels like Scrubs to me. It also feels very Scrubs. So, yeah. yeah I mean, I, nothing. I don't think there's much of note here uh, that we haven't talked about in general vibe. I mean, I think some of the things mm-hmm. about Turk being a terrible partner are also in the spoken mm-hmm. scenes. Mm-hmm. I just got really frustrated with him this episode, which sucks because I love Donald Faison and Turk is funny. But yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy is the worst. Listen, that is what watching Scrubs is like. Is like you'll have the yeah. episodes where you love those characters and they have other episodes where you're like, why are we doing this? Um, it's so yeah. unnecessary. Yeah, I'm thinking um, six or seven on this. Yeah, let's give it a six. Yeah, Let's give it a six. It's consistent, but not. Um... Yeah, nothing, nothing incredible. Um, okay, direction. This one's interesting. I, I should have mentioned this earlier, but um, the person who directed this episode is Will McKenzie, who is uh, like an old Hollywood actor, but also did a bunch of musicals and also directed a bunch of shows as well, too. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, what are your thoughts on direction? Um, I think it's pretty strong it's pretty different from other scrubs episodes by necessity i mm-hmm. mean like so much of scrubs is done in like a close-up to a medium close-up mm-hmm. um <laughs> because we're just on jd and then like his weird little like you know he tilts his head and then we go to a strange <laughs> little scene right yeah, like totally. um so it is really different like directing wise from other episodes mm-hmm. uh again we've talked about the crane shots already yeah. especially in 2007 for like a network show that's you know not something you were seeing very often totally um, and and it feels like theater in a in a way that i think is notable well, because the lighting's a little more bold and a little mm-hmm. more colorful and a little yeah. more like stage lighting yeah like, and the, the lighting framing, is notably different yeah the framing, the framing and blocking seems really intentional to so that everybody is in their like specific places to have their sight lines and everything so i think i, I think it's it's a testament to how good the direction is that we don't really have so much to say about it you know that nothing mm-hmm. seemed glaringly off 
Yeah, no, I think the direction is really solid. It's very, um, it's not necessarily inventive, but I don't think that it has to be. I think mm-hmm. what it needs to be is more referential. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I to me, this rates pretty highly. Nice. Um, yeah, what are we thinking? Like, uh, like a seven or an eight? I was thinking eight. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Again, fun, but no big, no huge swings. Yeah. But fun. Yeah, I think the huge swing is the crane, and I think in that time it is a swing, but it's not like a massive swing. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, it's not a massive one. Um, commitment. Um, I mean, it commits really hard. I don't have any hard. notes here, if I'm honest. Yeah. It jumps right in. It's like, why are we singing? Okay, we're singing. Um, <laughs> from there, we basically just sing for the rest of the episode. Exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can say anything about the commitment, especially in terms of all of the individual actors, too, are, like, so committed to, like... Everyone's committed. Everyone's in it. Again, we've done theater camp. Everybody mm-hmm. gets a part. Everybody has a line. I mean, it feels really committed. Yeah, what are we saying, then, 10? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have any moments where I felt like they weren't committed. <laughs> exactly. And then the stakes for this. This one's interesting because I, I saw that Bill Lawrence had said that he wanted the stakes to matter in this episode. Like that's mm-hmm. why he's justifying a musical episode, but I'm not sure if the stakes really do matter. I don't know if it shifts anything super significantly. It shifts things in the way that scrubs shifts things in most episodes. Like people make life decisions and it doesn't really seem, you know, yeah, things just I mean, change I guess constantly. Elliot moves out, mm-hmm. but we kind of like, and Carla decides she's going to go back to work. Mm-hmm. But kind of like those don't feel very big. And especially with the Elliot moving out one, because I guess we're just not going to give Sarah Chalk a whole song to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of mm-hmm. like you forget it's happening for like large swaths of the episode. 100%. <laughs> um, so it doesn't feel very high stakes or that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the thing about a long running sitcom is that often you can't really change the stakes a lot in one episode because you are kind of operating on the idea that a lot of people will have missed certain episodes Mm -hmm. especially at this time when streaming was not a thing like you know they might have missed last week's yeah so huge 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 things are really reserved for mid-season finales or season finales Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i think if you had missed this episode the worst thing that would happen is that JD would mention in his monologue in the open of the next episode, Elliot had moved out and yeah. Carla was back at work. Exactly. Literally, that's it. So yeah. it doesn't feel like the stakes are very high. No, I agree with that completely. And I think the only thing that could be said for high stakes is for the main character who is not going to appear again. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't think the stakes are super high for this. Yeah. I mean, it's hard with these shows because I always feel that like it might be unfair some shows where stakes are always low to expect the stakes to suddenly be really high mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um, i guess compare i think i'm thinking like kind of true neutral like just putting it at five seems fair enough yeah uh, but i, I could go so. a little bit below that even as well too i think five is fine it, okay. it's par for the course of the show par- yeah i think that's right i think that's a good way of putting it okay personal ranking any last things you want to say about it before we put our, our personal stamp on this? Let's put our stamp on it. Let's just do it. Okay, let's, let's dive just right do it. in. Do you want to count us down? Yep. Okay. Three, two, one, eight, nine. Whoa. Ooh, that was a shock. I did not think that wow. I was going to be higher than you. Yeah, I also. Wow, wow, wow. That. Um, an 8.5 seems fair, though. 8.5 seems right. I think we ended up at the right number. <laughs> So with that, Scrubs gets a 79 out of 100. A pretty good showing, but it is in last place. I mean, it's number two in the two musicals we've done so far. Buffy remains on top. So embarrassing for those doctors. Mm -mm -mm. Next week, we'll see you once more with season two, episode nine of Star Trek Strange New Worlds entitled Subspace Rhapsody. You'll find this episode on Paramount+. Plus. Thank you to Olivia Brasovsky, our angelic audio architect, and to Sakana Powell, our debonair digital designer. If you like the show, please be sure to rate and review us. And if you don't, keep that to yourself, okay? You can find us on Instagram at Once More With TV or contact us using the information in the show notes. And, and scene. scene. <laughs> <laughs>